clap. Come on, praise God. He deserves the highest praise. Yesterday, I was able to attend for a little while the um, Queen for a Day. I had uh, went by and got picked up uh, my mother-in-law, and we were both simply blown away, amazed at what this church, with what it has, call it little, whatever you want to call it, can do, and the difference and the change that it can make. I walked through here during the process of makeups and all that was going on, and I was simply amazed. During the week, a couple of times, I'd come into the church for whatever reasons, and um, every time I came in, I saw Miss Susan. And I would see Pastor Todd. And I would see the team of people that were working and helping. Folks, you will not know. Can you remember when you were crying alone in your bedroom, alone somewhere and asking for help, just a little thread of relief, and somebody came, and now you sit here and bask in and enjoy the worship and the praise. Well, you were the ladies that you were ministering to. They were crying and asking for just a little bit of help, a little bit of relief. Now, I, if, if the motivation for this church is to fill this church with those ladies, you would look at this and say, we failed. But if the motivation is to touch their life and give them just a little nugget of relief, a little nugget of hope in a dark, dark world, then we've been successful. Yesterday was a high day in Zion. Praise God. And, and I hasn't seen, it cannot see, it goes without measure, the good that was done yesterday. I am so impressed. I've been involved with a lot of things through the years and seen a lot of things. And oh, my, 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 yesterday I was just blown away. Literally, how a church is willing to simply tear its whole sanctuary down, fill it full of tables, take the risk of food being scattered everywhere, use every inch of the property, the buildings, for something to minister to somebody folks we attend a very special place don't take it for granted I'm serious about this you as a people as a body of Christ are really making a difference and it's just absolutely it just blows me away it truly does I want to try to be free this morning and simply minister. If it turns into a message, then so be it, but I want to minister to you. And as I was praying and worshiping God, that last song, oh brother, where's brother Matt? That last song, my, my, my. It was just flowing over me. I pictured myself on the edge of the uh, sandy shores and the waves coming in and they were just washing over me. But I also pictured you, brother, 
And I've got a word for you. And it's, it's a word of encouragement. It's a word to build you up. You have such a silky, anointed voice. You're very talented. But God wants to take you to another level. You've been standing on the shores. And you're so hard on yourself. You think, this could have been better. This didn't come over right. This, that, and the other thing. Brother, God's calling you to deeper waters. He wants you to walk out in that anointing. You see, that anointing has served you well to minister to you. I can see you sitting and singing songs and that anointing flowing over you and washing you and washing you. But instead of being there, you should have been down here and felt what I was feeling. And if you will press in and move to that next level of anointing and do it right here, right here in this congregation and see that anointing affect these, this member, this body. You will see, and brother, don't ever forget where you came from, where the door was opened. Amen. Give God a hand. Amen. Today is a day of miracles. I was listening to Pastor Rhonda as she was ministering and how that she was indicating with a few words that not enough staff, too many people, what a miracle, how in the world did it turn out? I'm sure that she has had some nights. Miss Susan has had some nights. Others have had some nights thinking, how is this going to go? How can we really do this? Maybe it's this year that it should end. We should just cancel it, whatever. I don't know what's been going on in their minds. I've, uh, I've never been called to a meeting of the minds, so to speak, and that's, that's cool and fine, you know, but, but I'm sure that those things have gone on. And they would say, well, how can we do it? How can we make it happen? I want to read you something. Unfortunately, for some readings, I have to wear these silly things. I've got this big old Bible. It's a giant print. And I carry it around and I think, oh, Lord, no wonder my shoulder's sore. <laughs> but I have asked Miss Connie to look online and see if she can not find a giant print, but a huge print. <laughs> and maybe we can usher it in with a donkey and a wagon because it'll be so big and so heavy. Amen. <laughs> this, uh, this print is big enough that maybe I won't have to slip these on. It couldn't be done. Somebody said it couldn't be done, but with a chuckle replied that maybe it couldn't, but would be one who wouldn't say till he tried. Anybody said to you yesterday it couldn't be done? So he buckled right in with a trace of a grin on his face. If he worried, he hid it. You hide it well, ma'am. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. Somebody scoffed, oh, you'll never do that. At least no one ever has done it. But he took off his coat, and he took off his hat. 
And the first thing we knew, he had begun it. With a lift of his chin and a bit of a grin, without any doubting or quit it, he started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. And last, there are thousands to tell you it cannot be done. There are thousands to prophesy failure. I'm a little bit emotional over this because if <clears throat> over 12 or 13 years if you only knew the pastors that I have met with that made promises or that spoke into my life it can't be done it's not worth doing what are you doing You're, you, you can pastor a church you can do this you can have a little bit of a living don't make this decision this decision and somehow as much as I wanted to hear them, I simply couldn't. In the critical hour of making a decision, I drug myself, my wife, my family into a ministry that struggles, that many say it can't be done, you can't do it that way, you need government sponsorship, you need all of this you know, all of these things, you can't do it based on faith and faith alone. You can't trust people to come through in a critical hour with a gift. And there have been times when I've sat alone and thought, that is so true. That is so right. And you know something? It, there is some truth to it. But you can always without exception trust God when sister A doesn't come through somehow God raises up a sister B and she come give God a hand clap come on there are thousands to tell you it cannot be done there are thousands to prophesy failure there are thousands to point out to you one by one the dangers that wait to assail you. But just buckle in with a bit of a grin. Just take off your coat and go to it. Just start to sing as you tackle the thing that cannot be done, and you'll do it. The Word of God in the book of Philippians says to us I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me if you're like me there have been many times in my life when I've asked myself why can't I make that word work in my life there are things in my life that I haven't been able to accomplish there are things in my life that I wanted to get done whether it be spiritual things, physical things, financial things, whatever the case may be. And I've plotted and I've planned and I've tried to put things together. You know, I tried to put a financial um, portfolio together and, and make it work and save some money and have a retirement. I remember when we were pastoring the church in LJ and, you know, the, the, a, a lot of people had left because of the ministry of the Women of Hope and what was going on, nothing bad going on, just women being helped and money being poured into it. And they didn't see that as something that they wanted to be a part of, and that's fine. If they need to move on, then that's fine. Let's just keep praying for us. 
But I tried to put all of this together and I've tried to scheme and do things. Am I the only one in the building that tries that? You know, that tries to work things out, that tries to make it work? Am I the only one in the building that tirelessly tries to keep his marriage together and his family together and family time? And, you know, my family will get on to me and say, we, you, we don't have family time anymore, Daddy. And if that doesn't work, they'll send the grandkids in. Papa, we want to have family time. And I say to them, join me. I am having family time. I am. I'm ministering to our family. I'm, but I understand exactly what they mean. So I've tried to scheme and put together things. But I am learning and I have learned and I am continuing to learn one little secret. And that is that God will use whatever I have. The one thing that God can't use in conjunction with me is that that I don't have. I've learned how to admit to that. If I don't have it, he won't use it. Doesn't my wisdom astound you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes I, I say something like that and I'll say, Connie, touch me. Touch me. <laughs> and she does. You might see a mark or something that she did last time. <laughs> you can't use what you don't have. I've made mistakes and I've learned from them. And I was reminded yesterday in talking with a gentleman how that not only do I have the opportunity to learn from my own mistakes, I have the opportunity if I'm aware enough, if I'm in, in tune enough to learn from other people's mistakes. If you do this, then I know that it turned out that way and I won't do that. God can only use what you have. In the book of Exodus, the fourth chapter, you will look there and you will see a conversation between Moses and our heavenly father. You'll notice in chapter three where it went into the burning bush and, and God visiting him. And, you know, Moses had a history. He had a temper. He had a people that he was connected to and he was unwilling to abandon them. And at a critical time in his life when he's keeping sheep and he's doing his own thing and he's away and he's probably feeling good about it. I don't have to worry about them anymore. They're down there. I'm up here. I'm doing my own little thing. And suddenly God taps him on the shoulder. God calls him out. You ever been called out? When I think of this, and I, I was studying it and reading it over, I love Westerns. And I love to watch, you know, Westerns and just sit there and just, just let it flow over me. And sometimes I'll think, boy, I wish, uh, I wish I lived back in that day. Then I'll run to the refrigerator with its automatic waterer and its automatic ice maker and think, nah, I think I'll stay here. But I love it when the the, the, the sheriff or the bad guy comes into town and he's walking up the street and he calls the guy out. Yeah. And he says, come on out. Can I use you for a second, angel? And I'm walking up the street and 
and I'm looking bad and I'm looking mean and I call him out and I said come on out you old scallywag come on out I call him out and say come on out angel it's noon it's time it's God calling us out and I don't see him and I call in again I say well come on out and Angelina come on out you coward and he sees my guns and he knows I'm fast and he knows he's slow you ever been there you ever experienced these things you just knew you look at the, the task before you and you think I'm not equipped for this I am simply not equipped for this I cannot do this job An angel looks and he comes out and little does he know I don't want to kill him I want to make him better I want to teach him how that he can be faster I want to give him the things that I have and that's not the way it turns out in the westerns and I know that There is a statement that's made here in the fourth chapter. Moses answered after the calling out, after being carefully explained to what's going to happen, what's going to take place. What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear unto you? The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And I'm going to stop there. I'll elaborate a little bit on this scripture here. But what is that in your hand? When God calls us out, and there's been great calling outs in our lives. Folks, there's been real miracles in my life. There's been real victories in my life. There really has. Sometimes I get the opportunity to just sit down and remember them think about them the great victories that God has wrought in my, the, the impossible situations where there was no clear way out of this and victory I laughed at victory the thought of victory that's not going to happen I just want to get out of this thing alive victory you kidding me I just want to live one more just to fight one more day there's sometimes I sit with the ladies and, and I'm ministering to them and they're ministering to me and it is, it's certainly that way. I've never been on salary or ever been paid by the Hope House. Every minute that I've given them has been absolutely volunteered and my payment is them ministering to me. Because every time I sit with them and I can remember the God that delivered this lady or that lady. I can remember a miracle that happened to them or I can impart and share to them. God did this for me in an impossible situation. But every once in a while, Pastor Rhonda, I sit with them and I'm not right in my head. And I'm not right in my spirit. If you ask them, they say, well, that's most of the time. But every once in a while is the way I see it. And I sit there and they will go through what what th their life and what they're going through and it's so traumatizing and it's so horrible 
and the horrible things that have happened and I'm sitting there listening and I, I kind of lean back in my chair a little bit and I think oh my lord where's the gun we need to put you out of your misery that's what I'm thinking in my head and then suddenly God drops a little something in my spirit and he says foolishness foolish don't speak don't speak don't speak shut up and God drops and I, a nugget into me and I impart it into them and I give it to them in spite of the fact that everything inside me says, you ought to throw in the towel, you should give it up. Have you ever been caught in a situation where all you wanted to do was come out alive? Victory, are you kidding me? Do you see what's in my hand? Moses said it's the staff. Now it's funny that it should be that. And I will tell you, if there were a contest of men and women getting together, the, uh, the staff contest, who could use their staff the best, I really believe that Moses would have been one of them men that would have sought victory. He had made it just right and sanded it and do whatever you can do in those days with a staff, and he knew how to use it. He felt confident in it. I really believe that. Just like you and I have become confident in our hurts and our pains. We've become used to the fact that we're going to be disappointed. That is the truth. We hear a message of faith and we believe, I don't have anything to offer. I cannot give anything. Look at what's in my hand. Nothing. It's, it's just look. Just look. And you might say there was a day though when it was different. There was a day when I really had something to offer. There was a day when I wasn't as broke as I was today. Amen? The economy, whatever, uh, whatever's going on in the world and whoever's making, there was a day when you had a little something that you could give. But today, something's stolen it. Bad decisions whatever the case is it's not there but today all I have is this to offer and I proclaim to you today that this whatever's in your hand is enough it is enough God's got you exactly where he wants you to be do you remember the story of Gideon in the book of Judges do you remember that when it started out he said how many 32,000 Looked like a pretty respectable army, didn't it? I'm sure Gideon was probably feeling good about himself, even though he was battling this spirit of fear. He was afraid. When he was challenged and asked to tear down the altars, fear overcome him, and he said, all right, boys, we'll tear it down. We're going to be obedient, but we're going to do it at night. When everybody's asleep, we're going to sneak around. Don't pull the nails out loud. Don't tear the boards off. We don't want anybody to hear us. We're going to sneak around. Be real quiet. We're going to obey, but we're going to do it our way. And that's all that we need to do. We just need to be obedient. We just need to do what is asked of us. 32,000. probably feeling pretty good 
And God says, you got too many. You got too much. If you're in a place in your life where you're always looking over your shoulder saying, oh, would have, could have, should have. If it could have happened then. If it wouldn't have happened to me. God says, everyone that trembles, that's afraid, tell them to go home. <laughs> 22,000. Are you kidding me? If I'm Gideon right now, I'm thinking, whoa. Whoa, wait a minute here. Look at what you're asking me to do. You're asking me as the church of the harvest to minister to a community. You're asking this church to minister to a community. Our funds are low. Attendance seems to be low. Committed people seem to be low. Nothing seems to be going right. How can we possibly have this day? I don't know if it's going to be successful or not. I just want to get out of it alive. <laughs> I'm sure that she's thought those thoughts. I just want to get out of it with the doors still open. And look what a day of days that it was. Look what God was doing. Look what God is doing. Yes, if you're going to clap, just clap. Praise God. He says, take them, by the, take them down by the stream. Those that drink this way and those that drink that way. And, the, and how I divide it is how I'm going to divide it. And he takes them down and needless to say, he winds up with 300. 300 to face what kind of odds? What kind of army? The Bible de describes them and says that the camels and the animals covered the earth like locusts. Even 32,000 wouldn't have been any match, but you'd have at least felt a little more comfortable. I could have hid in the midst of them. I could have crawled under a dead body and pretended I was dead. Whatever. Just so I could get out of it alive. Folks, there was... My stepfather spoke over me when I was young and I was working i was a teenager and i was working with him for some reason we were in the um uh kitchen and everybody was gathered and he looked and he said you know there's one person in this family that's going to wind up being a millionaire everybody got quiet and thought oh it's me it's me it's me speak it over me not that it really meant anything don't i don't want to get carried away with that but he said it's david He's got, there's something about him. And of course, that didn't do me any favors in the family. That was like, all right, slip into this coat of many colors. I'm thinking, you know, I could have really done without this. And I know how to make money and money comes to me and I know how to make ends meet. And if I were to quit the ministry, stop the hope house, if I were to dedicate myself to doing nothing but getting rich, I could get rich. 
I'm just gifted that way. Many of you are gifted that way. I'm not the only one making this sacrifice, but I don't want to be rich. I have chosen to enrich the kingdom of God. I have chosen to enrich this neighborhood. That's a conscious choice that I make. And it doesn't just cost me, it costs my family. It costs my kids and my grandkids. But I've settled out with God and I said, God, if I go and I minister to them and I minister to their children and I put families back together, then I have to trust you to keep my family together. And he always does that. He is God. I have experienced victories in my life that go beyond my wildest dreams. I may not be asked to minister after this. And you, you, my wife will come. I heard you were really off the chain. But there are some times in my life that I look at the victories and I think, yeah, that's a yabba-dabba-doo moment. I mean it. It's a yabba-dabba-doo moment. It is amazing what we will pick up in our lives to keep us going. I'll drive down the road sometimes and, you know, I'm all depressed and this is happening and that's happening and I'll make a conscious choice at that moment to remember what God has done in the past and I'll say to myself, yeah, that's a yabba-dabba-doo moment. Don't you remember that? You, anybody watch Fred Flintstone besides me? You remember him up on the dinosaur in his little makeshift a cubicle that he worked out of and they would pull the little bird's tail honk and yeah and he would hear that sound and he would know that that day was over that his labor was up that he was the winner he survived that day and he would jump out and he would slide down like he was on a board, just, and he would land and he would say, yabba dabba do. Stand to your feet. I'm not gonna be the only one that makes a fool out of myself. I'm gullible, but I'm not that gullible, come on. Some of you just need to say it. That's how faith works. We just say it. We step out in it and we mean it. Picture yourself. You hear the sound. Honk. Can you feel the end of things and you feel the victory coming and you jump out? Now give me your best impression of the beach boys. Come on. A little bit at the knees. Yeah. And you land and you say, yabba dabba do. Give God a hand. Come on. <laughs> Pastor Hank's going to wish that he had not missed that. <laughs> he would fit right in. Hallelujah. <laughs> Needless to say, victory was wrought God said if you're still afraid go down and listen and I challenge you this morning listen to your enemies listen to what they're really saying they're whispering about 
and they're saying oh if she ever claims if she ever walks in that anointing if she ever claims that's it's really hers if she's ever able to lay down the past and step into the now I'm not talking about the future folks I really am not talking I don't know about tomorrow I only know about today today is a day of days it's a day of victory and I want to step in it and I want to walk in it today is truly for me a yabba dabba do day a day of victories a day that I can look and say oh what God did do how God took what was in our hands which wasn't much according to so many other churches in this town and that's the truth be spoken that is what is right I am so exhilarated and thrilled with Pastor Rhonda I truly am with how there were two moments I'm just a people observer all right, I just step back and I see how people respond and how they react. And, and last, uh, last night, yesterday afternoon, she was given a golden opportunity to have taken all the credit, all the pats on the back about this day that had been happening for 16 years. This, this event that had been very successful over 16 years. She started out by saying, God dropped into me this day. And she was at a critical time when she could have said, yeah, pat me on the back. It's all about me. But she turned away from that and she said, this, this day wasn't birthed in the heart of a woman. This day is God's day. This was because of God. This was because of a team of people. And she had another moment right back here in the back when my mother-in-law was lavishing praises all over her telling her how wonderful what a day it was what an event and I'm telling you folks my mother-in-law has seen some things in her time some real things way back when and even now and she knows genuine she knows real when she sees it she might get it mixed up sometimes and might forget things but when she sees real and she see she feels the anointing the real anointing and she knows she sat right over here and she knew this was a God thing and she started telling me as I was walking her back and when Pastor Rhonda came in and spoke to her I thought oh my you've made a mistake now because she just poured over her and Pastor Rhonda started crying and she said, it's not me, it's God. It's God. It's God. I, if, I t if I tried to explain to you what was in my hands, Maga, you would be amazed at how all of this turned out. It's God. But all God wants from us, he sends out the, the worldwide challenge. What's in your hand? That's all that we have to offer. And guess what? That's all that is needed. He is the God of more than enough. Of more than enough, church. Let me ask you this. How are you going to get any more anyway? Can I appeal to you that way? Can I say to you, what are you going to do about what's in your hand? What are you going to do about what's the, the, the shape of your family? What are you going to do about what's going on? How are you going to make any difference? You've tried, you've schemed, you've planned, you've tried to put it together. 
we've even prayed we went to prayer meetings we've made commitments and they just fall to the ground what's the key the key is recognizing this is all I have and that's all he needs that's that's just faith in action that's just faith taking legs and walking listening to the enemy you know what the enemy is saying about you she's about to get it you know what the enemy is saying about this church they're about to get it and we've got to put a stop to it we'll stir this up and we'll stir that up and this will be going on and that'll be going on and we'll bring an end that this whole community will hear the crash and know that's his plan that's what he wants to do that's what he wants to do to you in your life that's what he wants to do with your family he doesn't want your kids to ever come to God he doesn't want you and your husband to ever get along he has come to steal to kill and to destroy let's remember who we're talking about our enemy let's remember how he works and let's remember how God works whatever's in your hand and it's not about past experiences it's not about what you've gone through in the past and I'll say to you a great victory was wrought by Gideon and 300 in the book of John the ninth chapter there is a man I'll just read the opening statement the opening verse two verses as he went along he saw a man blind from birth his disciples asked him rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind exactly what happened what was going on why am I like this what's taking place don't you know that this man went through those questions himself let alone those round about him reckon how he got that way I wonder what sin they could you, you have to understand they really believed and generational sins and followings and all of this and if you did this then your children were going to suffer for this they really believed in all and there's a certain belief to that that should be honored and respected so to speak you've got parents that were addicts or drug addicts or this or that or the other and guess what it's followed you and unless you get uh, deliverance from that unless the chains fall there will be no breakage in that general generational sin curse so the questions are legitimate who did sin that this man would have to suffer all of these years he's a man now he's wanted to see like everybody else he's wanted to experience things like everybody else he's a man now he's had questions maybe it was the doctor's fault the way I was delivered maybe it was my mama's fault what she took or didn't take maybe it was my daddy's fault that I was born this way what happened sometimes all we need or all that we think we need is answers to a question <laughs> I have found and I have even searched out answers to questions and guess what it didn't do me any good all I had was an answer to a question and I still had the problem I'm not going to waste my time looking for answers but here is a man and I want you to notice this man didn't even ask he wasn't blind Bartimaeus sitting on the street corner crying out Jesus 
Many of you come to me and say, oh, I love it when you cry out, Jesus. <laughs> Do you know there's a story behind that? I'm just copying somebody before me. Somebody that cried out and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. That's all I'm doing. I'm just crying out, Jesus. This man didn't do that. Maybe he bought into the fact that no one, it has never been recorded in the history of man that anyone who was born blind ever had their eyes open. So there's no hope for me. I mean, I've got articles and journals, all of those things that come confirm that nobody, this has never, you know what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm talking about? The doubt that assails us. Those, there's thousands that would say to you, just look at the trouble that's waiting on you if you make this decision. You know that if you start praying for your husband or your wife or your family, you know that if you keep bugging your kids about going to church, they're going to get worse. You know they are. They're going to rebel. You know they are. That's all right. Let that happen. I will still call on the name of the Most High God. I will still depend on Him for deliverance. But He didn't cry out. He didn't even ask for a miracle. Jesus simply went over, made mud of spittle, rubbed it on His eyes, told Him what He should do, and He came back seeing. And you can blame it on anything you want to blame it on. Listen, folks, there's times in our lives when we have to press our way in. We have to avoid getting stepped on in this life and the troubles of this life. And when the challenge is put out, what's in your hand? All we can say is just a hymn. <laughs> All I got in my hand is just a hymn. What's it connected to? It's connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of... It's connected to the one that not only owns the cattle, but owns the hills also. It's connected to him who is more than enough. Oh, praise God! And don't let me scare you. They're going to put me back here in just a few minutes. Think of it. What is real strength? Before I start this, let me get a sip. What is real strength? What is real might? Who is the stronger? The young man who gives in to his rage and becomes physically or verbally abusive? Or the young man who reclaims, who remains calm, assured of his inner strength? Who are the mighty? The powerful are mighty when they have learned to restrain their power. They know that real might lies in the control and discipline. Lest they rip out young plants along with weeds and tear out the tender shoots of human kindness and gentleness. They are those who remain gentle while they build strength. Who are merciful while they are mighty. Blessed are they, for they shall not merely win a war. <laughs> they shall win the hearts of a nation, the hearts of a community. 
it's those the weak also I'm sorry the weak are also mighty when they turn their problems into projects their sorrows into servants their difficulties into dividends their obstacles into opportunities their tragedies into triumphs their stumbling blocks into stepping stones they look upon an interruption as an interesting interlude they harvest fruit from frustration they convert enemies into friends they look upon adversities as adventures what I'm asking you to do today and it's really the whole foundation the theme of everything that I try to teach in life everything that I try to teach these ladies I'm asking you to challenge your own belief system and I'm asking you to become renewed transformed by the renewing of your minds stop looking at it that way you say oh pastor it doesn't matter I can look at it negative or I can look at it positive it doesn't really matter it's still gonna turn out the same way okay if that is the case doesn't looking at something positive make you feel a little bit better if that's all we're gonna get out of this and it's not oh I tell you it is not but I can look at something and I can think oh dear God oh woe is me or I can look at something and I can say oh well that's that's interesting that's a real opportunity that's a real challenge that's how I've chosen to look at it I have made a conscious decision in myself that I'm going to allow Jesus to work in me through me out of me every way I've made that decision now what's in my hand I can tell you what was in my hand yesterday and I can depend on yesterday's blessings or I can say to you today today I must consciously with all awareness make a decision that I'm gonna look and say today is a brand new day today I give you what's in my hand all over again today I will take up my cross today I will follow you today I will do it all over again I will not I refuse to depend on yesterday's victories or even look back and regret it yesterday's defeats I have suffered both of them but guess and I've suffered at least as many defeats as anybody in this building I cannot tell you it is poured into me pastor Ronder Ronder Oh, help me, Ronder. Help me, help me, Ronder. <laughs> Dear God. One of the ladies in the Hope House used to call me Pasture. <laughs> I know I'm getting big, but would you cut it out, please? For God's sake. <laughs> and I have completely forgotten where I was going. Praise the Lord. <laughs> about defeats about suffering defeats I've gone through I really care about my family and taking care of my family there's a principle in the Word of God that says be diligent over the things that are give, given you be good stewards take care of them so that you're not just your children but your children's children will have an inheritance 
that you can offer to them. And I've really bought into that in a financial way, but you know something? I've had to let go of that. I'm as close to financial ruin right now as I've ever been in my life. I have seen, I've suffered some defeats. I've made some bad decisions. I've, I've, some things have gone wrong that were absolutely out of my control. But today, today is the day of days. And today, I stand here and offer to you what's in my hands. It's victory. I praise God for bring, I, Today, I choose to rejoice today. I choose to be here and see the victories of God flowing through a little group of people that if we're faithful and if we persevere God will add to and multiply and he will grow up and he will make strong folks in closing storms are going to come into your life and into mine I have to be a little bit sensitive about how I say this around here because of all the tornadoes and all the things that people have suffered. It's been horrible, you know, and we've prayed for them. We, we've done everything that we can do. But storms come into our lives and they blow in and they wreak havoc and they tear apart. And we have to start all over again. You ever been there? When you put it together and you thought, oh, thank God, thank God. Suddenly something happens and it falls all apart all over again. That's just confirmation that God wants you to do it another way. Get over yourself. You're not the center of the universe. Get over yourself. Just get busy. Get to it. Get it done. Hallelujah. You didn't know you were going to have Larry the Cable Guy. Get her done. Get it done. Get busy. Life isn't about building a brand new storm shelter to go run and hide in, in the spiritual sense. Life is about God wanting you and I to learn how to dance in the rain. So when you have a storm and the lightning flashes, you ought to see Emma. Oh, my heavenly father. She jumps on me so fast and so hard, she almost breaks my ribs. You let it, the thunder sound, and you know how it shakes everything for a moment? And the lightning flash, I hear her coming. And I brace myself. And honest to the Lord, she's like a, a, a lion. A lion's capable of leaping 35 feet. Emma's capable of leaping 45 feet. And landing it with the perfect landing right into my ribs. It's not about being afraid any longer. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. I have news for you, and I'm not a pessimist. I'm very positive, and I'm positively right about this. The world may not get any better. As a matter of fact, we've been told it's going to wax worse and worse. But be of good cheer. The world is full of tribulation, but cheer up. Oh, praise God. Somebody smile at me. Cheer up because I have news for you. He has overcome the world. Give God a hand. Praise the Lord.